Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Shannon Russo is the Chief Executive Officer for Kinetics, a recruitment process outsourcing firm for growing companies. Shannon's active background includes a role as a finance executive for companies that do hundreds of thousands of hires annually. She rode the corporate wave. She had the big expense account. Then Shannon demonstrated some bravery at work and opted out to do her own thing. Shannon founded Kinetics with the goal of creating a firm that could help companies get the talent they need to compete in today's active marketplace. Shannon thought it would be cool to build a company with the ability to deliver a triple play in an integrated way. Recruitment process outsourcing, staffing and recruiting, and human resource consulting solutions. Shannon's goal is to take the best she had seen and learned in the Fortune 500 and get rid of the worst, knowing that it would be not a simple cocktail to create. To coin a phrase, she had a dream. She thought she thought she'd get more done by running her own company, yet, as I'm sure Shannon will tell us, she has not gotten more sleep by running her own company. Hello, Shannon. Hey, nice to see you, Ed. Nice to see you as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. I made an effort to tell folks a little bit about you, but I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about your career and how you are actively integrating with the marketplace. Sure. Um, I started my career in finance and sort of came up, um, <clears throat> you know, from a career standpoint in a, in finance jobs. But the the prior 10 years before doing Kinetics, I did that at some of the largest HR and um, staffing and recruiting businesses in the world, global companies. And so that really gave me a great perspective ahead of time um, before forming Kinetics. So a little bit around my background um, there to kind of get to today. So I got to see some of the original folks doing some of the same things that we do and really learn in the trenches, if that makes sense. The good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) Absolutely. We've experienced them all. So here you are, a finance executive at a number of different large organizations. Why recruitment? I mean, of of the many different types of business opportunities you could have pursued, which at that point probably were were endless, you know, you picked a, uh, you know, a fascinating area called recruitment. Share with us a little bit about why you chose this as your uh, way to do your own thing. 
Um, it's a great question because uh, I'll give you an example of one of the global firms that I worked for. We made fumed silica, which if you did not know, is what makes your toothpaste foam. Okay. Not quite as exciting and positive impact on the world as getting people jobs. And so it really was that heart for helping people, I think, that got me into the recruitment space and trying to really change the trajectory, both for companies, because the impact that a new employee can can really have on a business is incredible or can be incredible. And then for people, that's right, it. Right, right. Well, Might I did not... Well, I no, it doesn't. And I did not even know there was something that made toothpaste foam. I thought it just did it naturally. So that's good to know. So Kinetic, you describe as a recruitment process outsourcing. And I think our listeners would be curious, you know, what that title or phrase means. Yeah. So, um, so we call it RPO for short, recruitment process outsourcing. It really is. Most people have a good idea of what recruiting is. Um, the difference between, say, a search firm which would do sourcing and screening and probably throw candidates over the fence to a client, to a hiring leader, let's say, to, for them to take them the rest of the way through the process. When you work with a RPO like us, we do the whole process. We're on the other side of the fence, actually acting as you, helping you schedule interviews, doing the interviews, managing, helping you through the onboarding, calibrating, all of those kinds of things, the full recruitment process. But, and we do it as you, the company that you are. So if you were growing the business, they wouldn't know that it was Kinetics. They would think it was the company. So that requires, it sounds as though your representatives need to know a lot about the organization that you are uh, playing a role for. Absolutely. Yes, they do. Right. So it's not just recruiting, but it's recruiting for, right, on behalf of. Great. So, you know, I'd love to talk, if we can, for a couple of minutes, Shannon, on your observations of people who are in transition. I would imagine many of our listeners are folks who either are currently in transition or could be at some point in the near future. And I have to believe if we were to kind of to do an autopsy, and I'm not trying to, you know, stumble our conversation a little bit, but if we were to do it from the other side in, there are many examples of bravery that people need to do in order to make progress. The whole goal of being brave is to help influence somebody positively or help them make progress. It's like you said about recruitment, helping people. So can you share just some thoughts or observations of others or things that you think people need to think about in order to be, <clears throat> excuse me, braver as they look for their next opportunity? Absolutely. So two, two things. Um, I, I actually read recently that over 50% of people think they are going to change positions in 2021. That is a significant statistic. So not just people that are currently looking, but people that are thinking about what's next. So it's, it's really a super valid question. And I would can say- I, uh, Can yeah. I just interrupt you for a second? So I just want to repeat that. So you're saying that the statistics show that 50% of people who are employed believe that the role they're in is going to change over the next year. Or that they or that they will consider changing employers okay. in the next 12 months. Okay, you're right. That is significant, right? Significant. That's a huge number. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a big shift. But from a from a I'm gonna say from a candidate's standpoint, someone in transition or thinking about um transition, you know, one of the things that's always hard is you you think about yourself as to who you are, and a lot of times your job helps you define that. One of the things when you're 
thinking about transition or in transition that really I would say you need to be brave about is your job title is not who you are. So who you are, and that's good and bad. So just because you have a big job title does not mean you're all that. And so you need to think about what value you can provide to another employer or to another job and think more holistically than job title. So that's going to take some bravery from you because people love titles and that that's like they like to both sides like to put themselves in a box there. And then the other part that I would say from a candidate standpoint to be brave about is to take an honest reflection of who they are unrelated to title and what value they can provide. Do that sort of inventory so that they can think about that both while they're thinking about what's next, because it can help them choose better whether it be where the companies where they've been successful, positions where they've been successful, bosses they've worked for that have helped them be successful. There's it goes very deep. Or where where are they not so awesome? What doesn't work for them? And instead of trying to chase the title, chase the role that best fits who they are and will feed them. When I say feed them, right? Make them s- successful and it'll it'll go better for them all the way around. Well, this idea of an honest reflection, I think, is important because sometimes we do need to pause and say, hey, am I where I want to be? Am I moving in the direction that I want to move? Any thoughts or ideas on how people can do an honest reflection? I'm sure people are saying, well, I'd love to do that, but how do I do it, right? Uh, Are there tools or books or things that people can reflect on to help them do an honest reflection? So a couple ways that I would say to do it. There are plenty of websites um, that have resumes on them and you can see them, right? So do a comparable. You could use LinkedIn, right? You don't even need to go to a, a resume kind of thing and look at people that you aspire to be like or that you think you're like and then do some com- honest comparison. And then I would say go to some of the piece, people closest to you from a work standpoint and ask them for some honest feedback. Not easy either way. You got to open the path to do it, but to get some honest feedback about your strengths and where maybe they've seen you be struggle. Yeah. I, you know, this idea of reaching out to others for information on how they currently experiencing you, I think is a fantastic idea. Uh, Oftentimes as a coach, we do a 360 and, you know, one of the advantages of the 360 is that the feedback you collect is anonymous and confidential. So uh, if I know who said what, I might modify what I'm going to say about you because I don't want you to be angry and I'm not going to be overly critical, right? I'm going to say all the flowery, wonderful stuff that you are and maybe throw, and by the way, one other small thing, but, you know, uh, maybe something that our listeners could think about or find out about uh, either through their company or even if they can do it independently is this tool called a 360, which allows you to go out to bosses, peers, and subordinates to collect feedback on how they experiencing you, how they experience you for this purpose of an honest reflection. I think it's a great idea and a great area that people should spend some time on. Yeah. They could also, um, if they're at an existing company, they may have already been assessed with a psychometric. That's another great way to understand their strengths and what they like to lean into, right? And I find so often people are like, oh, I took that, but I didn't care about it. I didn't think it was right. It's like, well, 
when you take it, you're actually telling the psychometric who you are. It's not telling you. I always kind of laugh about that in terms of people like, I don't know why I said this. Well, because you told it <laughs> that. Um, right. And so that's another good way to reflect on it. And even if you took an assessment um, 10 years ago, what I would tell you is many of the behavioral traits that you have, you've had, you, you know, you had them when you were eight. You have them now. It doesn't matter. There's there's some small things that could change, but not a lot. Not a lot. You are who you are. You are who you are. And I tell clients when they do a 360 that there's three things they need. A, they need a good tool, right? You want to have a good 360 tool. B, you need a good list of raters. These are people who can give you honest, comprehensive feedback on what they experience when working with you. And C, you need a good debrief, right? You need somebody who is excellent at reading the data with you and figuring out what it all means because sometimes the data is conflicts and on one line you're the best boss ever and on the next line you're the worst boss ever and you know it can get a little bit uh, complex and if it gets too complex you just shut it down and say well I never really understood it so most organizations are good at having a, a good tool and finding good raters they're not as good at uh, you know having a great debrief so how about you Shannon when you think about bravery in the workplace or are there any words or phrases that come up in your mind that would be helpful for others to hear? Sure thing. I, I would tell you there's a couple things. I mean, I, you could I could start with the what I'll say we've we've been hearing a lot about um, being authentic. And for me, what uh, that being authentic means is being vulnerable on the one hand. So that's that's sort of one side of that coin. But the other side, I think, is as important, and I'll, I'll say this from a, someone who is a hiring leader or someone who's inside an organization, we, we have something in one of our mantras called classy honest. And let me tell you what that means. What that means is I could give you an answer and avoid the topic and say no to something or kind of move, move on. But what, the reason we use the, the phrase classy honest is because what we say is that doesn't help the person. How you help the person is you take five more minutes and you be classy honest. You don't burn them up. This is not about beating someone down, but this is taking the time to really explain the issue, the problem, the, the situation. And that that takes bravery, by the way. But it's super important and can be a really... Um, trust builder for people that work with you and that kind of stuff. And, and we would tell you it's kind of the right way to go at it. Well, I love that phrase, right? Classy, honest. Uh, I think honesty does take bravery. One of the reasons that we uh, aren't honest with others is because oftentimes we just can't find the bravery or we can't find the motivation or justification to say it. And we worry about the outcome, right? I don't want to jeopardize our relationship by being honest. So I love this kind of model about classy, honest, because we also tell people anytime you're honest with somebody, you want to be respectful. You can't make them feel like you're taking a two by four to the head or putting them down or trying to prove yourself right that this is about helping them. And the best way you can help them is to share some observations or experiences that you're having for them to listen to. Again, it shouldn't be a debate about who's right and who's wrong. But, you know, I, I think that model of classy honest is perfect because it's also nice sounding, right? Who wouldn't want to be classy well, honest? Yeah, it sounds yeah, good. But, but it's, and, and it's, it, it's also helping them to understand it's going to take more time because the other end of the spectrum is the people that want to be jerks or don't care. And they just go straight to the, you know, whatever the answer is. 
classy honest requires that step back and the extra time necessary to not burn the person up. Right, right. You do have to care about others. That's a required prerequisite to be honest and brave in the workplace. If you care about others and you see something that they're doing that they don't, that they shouldn't be doing or could be doing differently more effectively, you want to be honest with them and share it. And hopefully you can make great progress on that front. Shannon, how about a story? Many of our guests bring a story about bravery they have experienced in their career. And I'd love to hear if you have a story you'd love to share with our listeners as well. Um, happy to do that. I've got sort of two that we could talk about. I have one that people often tell me I'm brave when I talk about how I founded the business. And at the time, I did not think I was brave. But looking back, (laughs) I either sound crazy or brave. Right. And then the second story is around decisions I had to make in 2009 and how I communicated that inside the company. So I'm, I'm open to sharing really either of those with you. Go for it. Um, Okay, so I'll start with the business first. It's easy for me to say this in 2021 (laughs) with a company that currently has no debt. So super happy about that. Um, But when I founded the business in 2004, in order to do that, I was coming out of a Fortune 500 and I liquidated 100% of my retirement money in order to make the purchase. I put three small companies together to form Kinetics in 2004. And so when I often when I tell people that looking back, they're like, wait, what? (laughs) And I was already, you know, I wasn't I had enough to do that. So I was pretty far. I was 20 years into my career when I made that decision. You know, a lot of people talk about I want to run a business. I want to own a business. And that that extra step of personal financial commitment and 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 an awesome spouse are the things that sort of go with that and an understanding because even after that, we actually had to put more money in out of the gate and the company had a lot of debt. The reason I mentioned the debt is because when we started, I did use leverage as well. So it was all those pieces to make it work. And so now people say, wow, that was so brave. And I was like, hmm, okay. I didn't think about it that way at the time. It was like what I needed to do to get there. But looking back when I say, when the words come out of my mouth, I'm like, Ooh. or I sound crazy. Because it might not have worked out, right? It might not have worked out. What I said at the time was, if the whole thing crashes and burns, I'm still, you know, round numbers just before 40, I'll get a job, somebody will hire me. And so that was my plan B, fall back, start again. And that's why having an awesome spouse is important. It is, you know, and a lot of people don't feel bravery in the moment, even if they're hearing the word bravery or think what they're doing is brave. It's really later when they reflect back on something they said or did a few years earlier that it's now described very explicitly like, oh, wow, you were brave to do that. What a brave moment. What a brave decision. So, so thank you for sharing that story. How about your second story? So my second one um, actually got somewhat repeated in the last year, but I'm going to go back because the last year is still a little raw for lots of folks, myself included. Um, but in 2009, um, most folks will remember we went into a recession and it was pretty fast how it came, relatively speaking, not as fast as this time, <laughs> but um, but it was pretty quick, right? You went from 2008 and really the bottom sort of dropped out as we came into 2009. And, and if you remember, we were in a hiring business. So what stopped in 2009 was hiring, all hiring. And um, so we, we were super fortunate. I had actually signed 
at the time, my largest, um, back then, largest RPO deal ever in October of 2008. So I was running hard on this client because not everyone was impacted the same way doing that. And so that was a huge backstop for us. So I want to start by saying that, but the search part of our business literally dried up overnight. So if you were in the direct hire business, you were out of business in 2009. And there's lots of people that painfully lived through that. However, the rest of the, the part of my business contracted like anything you would expect. So while I had this backstop, we had to let go of people. We had to really pull back in terms of expenses so that we could make it through because I still at that point had a lot of debt from the original purchase that we were you know, trying to pay off. So it's not like we had a ton of flexibility. And so I had to make decisions, which as a leader, you've got to do to, to make the right decisions financially to keep the business so it could survive so that I could keep paying all my people. And a lot of times that gets lost on folks that are in the business if you're, if you're in a smaller business. So I was very transparent and in some cases vulnerable with the team to have discussions about not all the nitty gritties, because the other thing you don't want to do, that's a very stressful time for, for lots of folks, was I didn't want to scare them. But at the same time, they needed to have an understanding of the decisions I was having to make and the choices I was having to make. And where possible, one of the things I did that folks later told me was brave was I included them in the decision. So I'll give you one that I that I did where I included my team in the in the decision. We got to the point where we let go folks and I had to make a decision. We um, have a 401k, you know, typical kind of company benefit. And we had a um, four or 5% match at the time. And that was a big expense um, around $50,000 for the year, round numbers. And so the decision that I had to make, I um, talked to the team, which was not that big, not as big as it is now. So it was relatively small, but I said, I sat down with everybody and said, hey, you know, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing good. Everything's going, but I've got to make a tough financial decision and I want to get your coaching on this. So we have this match on our 401k plan and I love it. It's why I put it in place. It's really in support of the team. However, it's I spend about $50,000 a year. That's not always something you would know, but at the time, that's what I'm spending. So for me, that's as I look at cash flow for us, don't know how long this is going to last. That's $50,000. That's on average one person's salary. So I have the choice to be at risk for one more person to have to get laid off, which I do not want to do, or cut the match. Can you guys help me think through how you think about it? And it was super interesting because they were like, cut the match. I was like, wow. And I get it, right? Because they were one of the people that were going to be impacted. And we had done pay cuts and all, all kinds of stuff. But what they told me later was by including them in the discussion for them to understand the decision, it made it significantly easier for them to internalize it, to understand, to not blame me. And so I didn't think about it as being brave. I was kind of like, this sucks, but I've got to think it through. And by including them, even though it was a pretty, in my mind too, a relatively easy decision, but talking it through, that really made a difference for that team going through it and coming out. Well, what a fantastic story, Shannon, because I think that not only shows bravery years later upon reflection, but also demonstrates transparency, right? Being open and honest about what you're experiencing in an effort to gain support and ownership for the next step, as opposed to coming in one day saying, hey, everyone, we've got to cut the 401k plan. Sorry, you know, it's effective Monday. 
you had people participate and you know ultimately came to a group decision. So thank you for those two stories, both of them demonstrating bravery wonderfully. And thank you as well, Shannon, for being on our podcast today. If folks wanted to find out more about Kinetics or you, you know, what's a great way that folks can uh, reach out? Our website is kineticshr.com. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-X-H-R.com. That's probably the best way. My information is on there. You can actually reach out directly to me um, or they could always do LinkedIn, which is forward slash in Shannon W. Russo. Fantastic. Great. Shannon, thank you again for being on our podcast. It was great speaking with you. Same here. Thanks so much, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Capit Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.